Hello and welcome to the Billion Dollar Broker Podcast. My name is Ross Lacane. I'm bringing my 25 years industry experience together with leading experts around the globe to give you the insights on how to live a better life and grow a profitable mortgage broking business that you are proud of. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker. My name is Ross Lacane. I'm excited to bring to you two champions, two legends that, that uh, I've grown to love over the last sort of 18 months. Um, I want to welcome Patty and Kate O'Sullivan from Mortgage Choice in Nara. Welcome, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ross. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to be on. Ah, my pleasure. My pleasure. So these guys have been in the industry for five and a half years. They kicked off their business in April 2016. And you know, from inception, you've had phenomenal growth in your business. Looking at this sort of list of awards here, you've, you know, between 2017 all the way up to sort of last year, you've had the highest sort of growth rate within Mortgage Choice. Uh, you took away the most coveted award at the last uh, awards for Mortgage Choice as the, you know, the best um, national multi-operator, which means for with multiple brokers within your business. So congratulations on that. That's a massive achievement. As well as that, you've been named as the best regional broker in the state by both the Better Business Awards and the MFAA. And, you know, Patty, you've been, you know, ranked among the, the top 100 brokers for the last number of years. So, you know, quite an achievement and uh, congratulations. Look forward to unpacking that today. Thanks, Ross. All right, beautiful. So tell me, you know, you guys came from different backgrounds. Kate, we were just talking um, before you were in sort of health admin and Patty, you were in engineering. And then, um, yeah, tell us about the, the story because I think it was an interesting story in terms of <laughs> you know, how you came to be at, at Mortgage Choice at NARA. Yeah, so uh, we... We were living in originally from Nara, um, Colbar and Berries, where, where we grew up. We went to school in Nara, but we'd, we'd been living away for a long time. We lived in Wollongong for a number of years, and then we'd moved to the Hunter Valley. I was working in mining. And, and back in 2014 or 15, we transitioned back to live in Nara again. Uh, so we, mo we moved the family back. Our youngest just started primary school. Uh, I had a job selling. I was selling mechanical seals into the mining industry with a small engineering company. Uh, and and we we're just re-establishing re ourselves locally. Uh, around that time, we were looking to potentially challenge ourselves from a self-employed point of view. So we looked at a number of different little opportunities. I think we looked to buy a removalist business at one stage. A just cuts. Um, just cuts. Oh my god, it would have uh, <laughs> <laughs> a few sort of train wrecks. Um, um, and, yeah, any, uh, we pretty much had the books on any business in Nara. Uh, we had the books and we wanted to just, you know, see what we could do. We looked at cafes. We just uh, wanted to be really self-employed and see what we could do. And then, um, and, and the, the Mortgage Choice franchise was, was actually up for sale. The lady, um, Deborah, who, who was running that, was, uh, she, she was relocating back up sort of north at the time. So we, um, and, and, and when it was for sale, it sort of, it, it, it pulled a lot of cords, I guess, from a background point of view, as in like it just it just felt something that was sort of natural that we could potentially sort of start up and have a bit of a go at. So um, so we did no research on aggregators or anything. We just basically specifically looked at this particular franchise and 
um, negotiated with the owner and, and took it on. So we we got declined. Um, we we signed the contracts and then we got declined by the bank, so, so we couldn't buy the business. So we had to rely on our families to lend us some money to get us through the first bit until we could, because we didn't have experience. So yeah, we were declined and. They um they didn't believe my settlement figures and the cash flows, but anyway, the um <laughs> <laughs> they're um, optimistic. <laughs> well, the, um I didn't think they're optimistic, and um <laughs> and we showed that we weren't being optimistic. But the um the particular business uh Bingo. bank we were dealing with didn't believe them. So we um yeah scrounged up for the first time in our adult lives. We got a little bit of a help from family to sort of bridge the gap and. And then we, um, yeah, with basically no money in the bank or anything, we just uh, settled and started up. Okay, so you're in debt to family and you're yep. in with the house from, from, from sort of day one. So then talk, talk to us a little bit about those early days and what you remember, you know, from sort of five and a half years ago in terms of the challenge coming from both of you from totally different industries. You land in this complex sales environment where you've got technical products and you know obviously different client needs um yeah just talk to us a little bit about those early days within the business it was pretty lucky we had a little office that deborah had already been renting so we made that our base and wanted to have somewhere to work from i kept my job at the hospital um worried that this was a bit of a challenge that we we're taking on um and patty just started working from the office going through all the old folders that were left there in boxes and starting to ring people and just introduce himself and started to just try and find a couple of appointments every week yeah so we had a so there's a small amount of sort of business in progress and there was it was a small line book so we had Few, few inquiries and a few bits and pieces and then yeah we just basically went back through all deborah's like appointments that she'd made over the last two or three years and i just rang them all and just like hi and you know you you called us back in whenever do you want to do something and most people didn't but every now and again someone would be like oh you know what actually blah 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 and we just and had a we, little target so it was like yeah. fishing we just set maybe we'll try and get three appointments and after maybe a month or two of that we're trying to have five appointments and we just kept trying to grow it that was April, we took the business on and by the June, Patty thought he was really busy. So I had to quit my job. Yeah, and I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't actually very busy. I was, um, she thought he was busy. I thought I was busy. Um, <laughs> and look, the, the other interesting time about when we took over, so that was 2016, which was sort of the end of the last property sort of boom type thing. And it was just when all the lending restrictions were coming in. So there was what were at the times these massive changes like when cba stopped investment lending and there was all this interest only and principal interest and and i didn't really know anything different to be honest so when everyone else in the industry was really sort of like in turmoil about all the changes it was just pretty sort of like i didn't know any different and then and because there'd been so many changes the lack of experience didn't matter so much uh because everything had changed so much it didn't really matter if what loans were like a year or two beforehand because they were totally different at that point in time. So, um, so the speed of change in the industry actually means it, it, it's experience obviously does help, but um, it, you know, you, you can overcome that by just staying current with the current sort of environment. Yeah. yeah. We had a little loan book, so we did have a little bit of money coming in. So that, that was beneficial. Yeah. And um, it was through those first couple of months. Yeah, yeah I, I always say to people, it's great if you can buy an existing business, as you said, even if it's so small, but you get those existing customers, and at least it gives you a start. 
you know, somewhere to go. And, you know, Patty, you obviously did the right thing by, you know, jumping on the phones and sort of making it happen. So when did you start to see, so you, you obviously, you thought you were busy a couple of months in and when did the business really start to take off for you? I think I probably left to come and help Patty, but that was more like processing and making phone calls and doing data entry. And I think every time we've increased the business by a person or made some big changes, we've seen the increase. So it was quick. Um, and then, because it wasn't long after I joined the business, we actually put on another admin lady to, to be there. So I, it was quite quick, I think, but we were pretty ambitious and kept making, moving the target a little bit further back after we hit it a, every couple, couple of times, we'd move it back a little bit further. Yeah, what, so what, do you, what do you guys think the key to that success was? Look, we, we've always had a, we've always had a growth mindset. We've always said around, I feel like you're either growing or you're dying. And if you're, which means you can't not sort of grow in this industry. So, and um, so we just sort of challenged that. So like, I think when we started, the business was say settling around a million a month. Then we just slowly, all of a sudden we went from a million to 2 million a month. And then it went from two to three. And, and, and it just gradually kept, we just kept, as we sort of did more, stuff we'd learn more things and we'd get open up the door to more clients and different ways of doing things and then we just slowly so so just i guess being accountable so we're, yeah. we're fortunate that we've got each other um but i guess you know reaching out to another broker taking on what other people are doing um yeah, reaching out even to have coaching just to be accountable i think it could be easy if you're on your own to to sort of maybe not just maybe let things slide a little bit, but we had to make the, the business work. There was no room for failure. We had to make it work. So we just kept each other accountable, really. Yeah. And, and then I think it was in 2017, June 2017, where we transitioned from our little upstairs office to the actual street front. I think that was probably the point in time where... We had another uptake. It was a we, scary move, though. That was just the scariest taking on the business, committing to a three-year loan and... Three sorry, lease, three-year yeah. lease. Um, that was scary. So that was probably just as scary as taking the business on, but it quickly got rolling and it paid for itself. So that, that view, yeah, was really irrelevant. Yeah, definitely. So, and that's the thing, and I often say that is that the courage to make those decisions, and you know, we often talk about it as well in terms of the courage to make that decision of that next hire or the next office or the next thing. And um, Kate, you sometimes tell me that Patty's a bit fearless in that, and that's been <laughs> a, a sort of secret to your success. I think it of... is. <laughs> I, think, I think being fearless, it just there is no limit if you put your mind to it. And all, and look, I, I thought when we took over, like if the worst happens is we go bankrupt or whatever it's like you know it's not the end of the world we've still got our kids and family and whatever like it doesn't and time heals and everything so like it's so i think when you when you accept that even if it's the worst possible failure imaginable it's really not that bad then it just makes you know it's and that that well, we never just, it was really never going to be an option like, really yeah. like we would have worked day and night to make yeah. it yeah I love that about you guys in terms of that positive, you know, nature. And it's, you know, the successful people that I come across with in the industry have something in common. And that is that positive outlook, right? In terms of, 
you know, if things go right, and even the way that you're talking about failure, at the end of the day, you've got your family, you've got each other, you've got your kids, you know, that is the, the key thing that's important. Business is the game, right? It's the game that we play and um, it's fun to play. And, you know, there's a lot more upside than there is potential downside, right? So I love that. I love that sort of fearless attitude. And obviously, no wonder you've, you've got the awards for growth over the last five years because, you know, you approach it with that sort of really positive uh, mindset, which is which I love, which I really, really love. It's uh, a credit to you both. All right. So we, uh, you know, so that was the sort of when you got started and that was the big decision. You made the decision to sort of go into uh, the office uh, about 14 months after you'd sort of taken off the business with very little experience. And obviously, you know, your loan book wasn't where it is now. So that's a big commitment at that step. And then you um, obviously continue to grow and you, your growth rates from what you were telling me was in the sort of 40 to 50% range year on year, right? So you're, you're constantly growing to where you are now doing close to $20 million a month in settlements, right? So from one to two slowly over the last five years. So it's phenomenal, right? So <laughs> phenomenal in terms of that. And in terms of when you look at some of the challenges that we we spoke about and some of those things that you've had to push through, what do you think some of those challenges that you've come in this sort of short time where you've got to where you are now? It's been new to industry and the fear of not knowing, but just pushing through that and being open to change. Finances are quickly moving, so you can't, you need to be open to changing and processing changing. Uh and then it's taken us a long time to get so around. Uh, so we've been very, the last two, so from our early sort of growth stages, the last two or three years, we've, we've really felt really very busy through that entire period, like through all last year, through all the year before. So it's been, it's trying to grow the business and keep a really good level of customer service and and the the problems that come with extra volume. So probably the the biggest challenge from my end was probably 12 to 18 months ago where like um I, I had so many things to do and i had so many staff i had like and i had staff that i'd i'd sort of trained up every time i hired i felt like i'd get busier um <laughs> and the workload would get more and more unmanageable and i, and I was actually at a point where i was uh, it was it was giving me a lot of anxiety to a certain extent where I, um where i sort of didn't even really feel like i could be out you know, walking down the street because half the time I might run into someone that I hadn't quite got back to yet. Uh, so, um, so it was transitioning from that, from being able to actually deal with the extra volume mm. and still maintain a really high level of customer service and 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 do that in a way that um, and, and create a team. That's probably been the biggest challenge over the last couple of years for us. Yeah, I think yeah. that, and also. Um, Become, you know, HR, that's something we've not really done before. So recruiting staff, finding the right fits, building team culture, that was a big challenge, something we'd never dealt with, but I'm confident now in that. And I think that plays a big part in building a good team, makes it easier. So that's been a challenge, uh, but it's becoming more enjoyable now. That's something you've been fantastic at, right, in terms of... Uh, you know, doing and you've you know managed that team culture and that HR. So I'll come back to your point on the anxiety and stuff, Patty, because I want to dig into that. But we'll talk to Kate first around 
you know, creating the, the team and some of the important hiring decisions that you made along the way, uh, because I think they there were some really some key hires within there and some of the things that you've done around team and culture that a lot other brokers can really learn from. So, Kate, do you just want to sort of talk about a bit about that? So, firstly, around the key hires and then a bit about what you've done to build a, a great team culture within your business. Yeah, some of the first key hires were our admin staff. So, a trainee first, that was all we could afford. But having someone here all the time to answer the phone and book appointments to me was really important. That four or $500 to book those appointments was pretty important. Followed by probably our offshore staff. We um, started with one and we now have four and they've been amazing back support for us. And the settlement team. Our settlement girls who come with conveyancing background and our credit analyst who came with experience who can sit behind Patty has been, that was probably a real turn uh, probably a year ago now. Um, and that probably alleviated a lot of Patty's extra stress. Uh, they've been, yeah, yes. brilliant. We, we haven't always got it right. We've had some failures too. We've employed a few people that we've had to let go because they just weren't right. But we were quick to do that uh, and that worked out best for them and us. So I, I definitely think that's a good lesson. So, <laughs> you know, uh, hire slowly and, uh, and you know. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Working with you guys, you definitely did that, right? We were yeah. the trigger a couple of times and um, and you did it well and you did it in a really um, way that was full of character and um, and really respectful of yeah. the of the people that, that you had in the business. So um, that was really good. So that's the highs. Let's talk a little bit about culture now. Uh, culture, I, that is one of my main priorities. So I want our staff to come to somewhere where they enjoy working, they go home and they're not stressed about what's happening. Maybe not so much Patty, but the rest of the team. <laughs> so we do try and have a lot of fun uh, within the business. So um, rewarding staff or when we're having good months, you know, giving them nice little bonuses, um, taking them out when we can. Uh, we've got, so we've got Carlene, who's a cactus who we, we share around each 24 hours for someone who's put in, you know, had a good day or put in a bit of extra effort around. So um, I hold Carlene today, actually, so I've got to, I've got to hand it off this, this evening. But um, yeah, so, and, and it's, everyone has a bit of a, acknowledges all the good stuff and we have, because it, it can be a stressful environment at times. So we just like to keep it lighthearted when we can. And, we have yeah, a notice everyone, board that everyone yeah. can see and we put all the wins up. So, you know, if you see someone doing something great, you can share the win and everyone, um, our goals over offshore have got us on to gifts so we can get on there and celebrate the wins. It could be a, a tricky settlement or uh, an application that's gone through really well that we expected to have trouble with. Uh, and I guess when we came to recruitment now, we probably recruit a little bit more to fit in with our culture than we do necessarily on experience because that is sort of a make or break thing now because it could be toxic to have the wrong person here. So we work really hard to make sure that we're recruiting the right people that are going to fit in with our team. Um, so, yeah, that's it's been fun. Uh, some of the girls have got on board. So we had our Olympics while the Olympics were on. Um, yeah, just different little things that make it fun and make people want to come to work and make this a place, a workplace where people want to work, um, which is nice when other people in the community say, oh, it looks fun there or, oh, you know, there's a job there. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know walking into your office, 
you know, certain offices have a vibe when you walk into it that's positive and happy. And your office definitely has that vibe when you walk into it, right? And these things, as Kate mentioned, don't just happen by chance. You've got to put time and effort in terms of building that culture and looking after your team and taking them on the journey with you. Like that uh, cactus that you said that sort of rewards, you know, behaviors that you want to reward within the office is a constant every 24 hours it's reinforcing the values that both um yourself kate and you patty have in terms of you know what's important for the team right so and it's not just you giving it it's them having to nominate someone so it it, it becomes a living and breathing thing within your organization it's good fun. It's yeah. We love it, and uh, we had a, a little fluffy elephant in our um, in our Aussie Parramatta, and that was a similar sort of thing that uh, rewarded um, based on our values. At the moment, because we've got you know more overseas staff, we do a picker wheel where it sort of spins, and uh, you know, some of our staff choose funny things like you know someone has to sing a song and you know, <laughs> you know, you know offshore team it's just funny right and it's just it just builds that sort of sense of community around sort of values in the team so you know i love what you're doing there and you know you, you can't stress for a growing business like yourself you know how important that, that becomes when you've got one or two staff you know, because you're so close to them, but as your team is starting to grow and uh, how many on your team at the moment? There's 14 of us now, so four offshore and 10 onshore. We have a little bit of a combination. We have a, quite a few part-time staff that comes with us being regional. It's hard to find full-time staff. So we, we are high in numbers, but yeah, that is due to a lot of part-time staff because of where we are. And the way we did grow the business initially was we did recruit people that could work school hours, but it was also to go with our budget at the time. But as we recruit now, everybody is full-time. Yeah, we, we um, you find that and it's a growing of your business, right? As you sort of really get into structuring set roles, you want to then get, move more to a full-time person because what you find in a busy business like yours, you know, doing 70 applications a month is that, if they're not there for those two days, you really miss them, right? Yeah. Because the, the volume yeah. of <laughs> the volume of work. Whereas you know you may be able to sort of step in there, but be, just because of the sheer volume, you can't be across that much stuff anymore, right? So it's very hard to plug the holes as your business um, grows, and that's the hence the need for more full time. <coughs> so thanks for that, Kate. Patty, I want to dig into your situation because you know, it was probably around the time that we started working together that you were stressed, right? And a lot of brokers felt like that. You get to a point, and I know I did, where you become that victim of your success, right? You've, you've been working in the business three or four years and you, you're doing the right things um, and you're starting to get that repeat business and everything is coming to you, right? So, Talk to me about, you know, how you felt at that point and, you know, why you think, you know, it was a challenge and then how you sort of move through it. And Kate mentioned that critical hire with the credit analyst. So I want you to talk about, you know, and again, with the, the two latest hires that you've got, um, you yeah, know, just talk to me a bit about that transition. 
Yeah, well, um, so we're, we've always been a glutton for punishment as in we spent all these years doing as many appointments as we possibly could and we'd see everyone and, and a lot of those people weren't ready at the time, but then they become ready. So, so then there became this point where not only were we seeing all these appointments, but then all these people I've been dealing with for a long time were coming online and then we had people that had been settled and were existing clients were doing other things and, and just, and yes, we, we had staff, but we had no processes for managing this entire. We'd also entire marketed workload. the business a lot on Patty, um, being regional, yeah. um, both growing up here, both going to school here. We had done a lot of marketing on just Patty. So everyone wanted a piece of Patty. Ugh, which, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, um, so I was just, um, yeah, look, well, <laughs> Um, sometimes at, um, so like look I was basically like I'd start work at five and I'd be doing all the I'd be basically getting all applications submitted and documents sent out and all my work done and then by nine o'clock the phone would be ringing and I'd be you know talking all day and putting out bushfires and getting out you know all that sort of stuff well we had staff but and they were they were helping but they weren't trained up in the right areas so probably the um, hire number one was was getting someone with some credit experience that could slot in behind me and help me um, deal with a lot of the the a lot of the packaging a lot of the processing and a lot of the credit policy work that that I was doing on my own and it, and it, um, and then and that that's allowed me to free more time up to have both an emotional space to be able to think about solutions for things and and deal with with the workload. And, yeah, definitely. Well. Yeah. You know, yeah, being in that place and I've been there as well, you get to that point where, um, yeah, you're so locked up in terms of everything that, that happened. You're on that sort of the hamster wheel where you, you're stuck in that sort of stress brain and you, you're sort of constantly, as you said, walking down the street feeling anxious. It's hard to sort of communicate with your partner and connect with your kids because you're just constantly on, right? So, the and the reason you were constantly on because there was no one that had that experience that could take those other questions like if it was a credit question there was no one that you could refer to right so getting that credit analyst in place within your business was key as you said to free up that mental space because coming up with solutions is you know um creative i had a a broker that was sort of stuck in your situation that I was chatting to yesterday. And he's like, I dread getting new business in. <laughs> I see it as new work, right? So we don't want brokers to dread getting new business in. We want them to be excited and we want to see them as, as positive and um, from a growth perspective. But when you're, when you're so far stuck in it and doing those sorts of hours, there's just no space for anything else, right? So I think you know, a key lesson from Patty and Kate is around, you know, getting that um, credit analyst person. And today we were chatting earlier and you said, you know, you've, you've got a couple of uh, trainees on board that you're training up to do that role. And for now, you know, both of you mentioned to me that it's freeing you up emotionally even more because you're finally getting the numbers right. And you've probably invested ahead of growth at this point of time. Um, but it's, you know, that, that point where, you're getting the right team members in place to be able to really grow and scale your business from here. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It hasn't been a 
um, like, look, and we had no processes or anything, so it's probably nearly taken us six to 12 months to get the handover piece and everything actually working uh, to the point where we can duplicate it. And we've just done that. We've hired two new to industry trainee mortgage brokers that are that are just going to slot into that role. And we've essentially doubled our credit analyst capacity. So, And it's been exciting, yeah. I think, because we've been on this journey. So the HR was a lot better. The training has been a lot better. We're confident in what we're doing. So we feel this is a really positive we, these girls are going to do great. We will, they've got so much support behind them. Yeah, I love what um, both of you were saying there. Um, Patty, in terms of you didn't feel you had the handover in the system and the processes right to add more and you don't want to add more onto something that's a broken structure, right? Because it's just going to fall over. So you've got the structure right and now you can build on that. Kate, I want you to unpack uh, more on what you just mentioned around training, that you feel like you've got confidence in your training. Do you want to tell uh, the audience exactly what you're doing around, you know, training your team now? Yeah, I guess when we first started, we had, you know, one or two staff and we were very lax in how we did things or, you know, we were very relaxed. And, that, and, and you can be like that when you only have one or two staff. But as the team has grown, we've had to tighten things up a little bit and become a little bit more confident in our judgment on how to manage the team. So we've made a very comprehensive training program for these new staff. So uh, it's pretty much a six month program, but we're in the first phase. So I spent the first week really going through everything in the business from fire exits to putting in annual leave, um, covering bank terminology, what is a loan book, runoff, talking to them, really educating them as much as we possibly can. We're now sort of transitioning into, um, they're doing a little bit of packaging and every day they're doing comprehensive training and all our staff are involved in their specialised areas. So our settlement girls are doing a settlement piece with them. Patty uh, did some work with them this morning on our top four lenders. And every day they're building their knowledge and we can really even see the benefits in it early on because we're training them a lot differently to how we have done it previously. And I, I think this is, it's going to put them in a really good place. Yeah. Yeah. So they're basically got an hour of one-on-one -on -one training pretty much every single day for the next three to six months. And that, it was, it's a lot of time. It's worth it because you get it back tenfold. So investing that little bit of time feels like it's hard work, but. Definitely. Definitely. And you know, the analogy that I love uh, is around a sporting team, right? So if you look at what differentiates the amateur sporting team from the professional sporting team is the amount that they train, right? So, you know, they're in the gym, you know, early morning, they've probably got a, a park session and then, um, you know, they've probably got a team meeting in the afternoon and, you know, they train and they do that seven days a week. They do their recovery um, and then obviously they've got game day. And so that professional, the difference between professional and amateur is how much they train. So the fact that you guys are training these guys on a daily basis over the next six months is going to mean you're going to have a much more professional team than if you just were like the park footy and sort of either rock up on a Saturday and play or, uh, you know, uh, train, train and watch. We're guilty of have you know and i think probably most brokers initially if you just put on one or two people you're guilty of that just sort of flying by and have a go at this and maybe try that and not really putting the effort in so yeah yeah 
Um, definitely been a lesson. And then with with the staff that have been with us for longer, we have um, we we have one hour scheduled in weekly where we catch up and run through something in particular. Um, so we keep the, the training up in that space as well. Yeah, because we're full in the holes when I think a lot of brokers do this where they expect their staff to be mind readers, <laughs> just be telepathic and, you know, pick up exactly what they're thinking. It's just, um, just uh, keeping that open communication going. And and, and because so much does change, uh, we go through on a Friday, uh, all, the bro- the, all the banking updates for the week, so any of the policy changes, and then each week someone else leads the session and it could be on could be on a scheme that's just been offered or it could be on our system that's changed a process we're changing uh, and that really helps everybody stay on the right path together love it love it and um i think it's worthwhile talking about staff and uh often kate people tell me another mortgage choice franchise is say oh i wish i just had a kate right <laughs> so uh <laughs> And, and so I think that role in a business um, is quite often overlooked, right? In terms of, you know, the, the person that really sort of ties is the glue within the business and, and basically, you know, get shit done, you know, like in terms of, and I think, um, you know, you're great at actually, you know, doing that. And I, I think that's a key role within your business and i asked you earlier well you know what what is what is it that you actually do and what did you tell me oh not much (laughs) (laughs) which is yeah totally totally not (laughs) totally not true uh yeah it it is 100 percent super important something i'm very very lucky that that kate fills that role we're very yin and yang for us Um, absolutely Um, maths and broking and i have no interest in any of that but the HR, the policies, watching where we're going wrong, you know, if we something, if there's something gone down, I find a new process straight away, and it it's constant. It can be and like even on Monday because we we've got some we've got some new staff, and Kate had noticed that they're all having lunch together because that's what we plan to do. But we've only got one microwave, so we've got six people all waiting around. They're waiting for lunch to warm up. So so she went and bought another microwave. So. So they can spend their time at lunch, not in the queue waiting for their lunch to be read. So it's just all these little things that are just yeah, the cheapest yeah. get sorted. But I think I'm sense. sort of known probably within mortgage choices running around with a stick. I have all these spreadsheets and KPIs and I kind of keep everyone accountable. I'm not chasing anybody with a stick, but the expectations there, I'm watching it. Um, I'm watching numbers daily. The staff will know what they're expected to do, but that's kind of where my ro- I also... Hmm. work on that just to make sure I know where we want to be I know what how to get there we need to work together I know what everyone's numbers need to be and it's about trying to help them get to those places so if they need a hand I can point out to Patty I'm like oh look they look like they're struggling they're stalling maybe we can offer them some help do you know where this is up to so I'm kind of just behind the scenes I love it. Um, If you want some great books on it, um, there's a book called Traction and another one called Rocket Fuel. And they talk about the the position being an integrator. So you can call it an office manager, you can call it an EA, you can call it what you like, but it's sort of that position that sits there and, and is the glue that binds the, you know, everything together, the team, the business plan, you know, getting projects up and running. As you say, you don't have a set specific role, but you're sort of the glue that binds everything together. Um, and I think that's a key role for businesses that they're looking to scale. In, in your 
uh, guys being husband and work, wife, it works particularly well. But, you know, if you're looking for this type of role, they've got to be high on follow through and getting things done, right? So, you know, there's two types of people. There's a visionary and there's an integrator. And, you know, 75% of people are more on the visionary side and only sort of one in four is around getting things done. And if you do a test, there's a test called Colby with a, a K and um, it's a personality type profiling. And one of the things, if you're looking for this particular role that you should look for is someone with high follow through in that particular um, test, because it'll really, you know, you want somebody that gets things done and really follows through and sort of bees that glue in that business, similar to what you are, Kate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I was asking Patty in terms of, you know, what, what are the strong things, you know, it was really cute because uh, Patty said, oh, you know, Kate, is, it was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> uh, well, so, yeah, I love that as well. <laughs> it is, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely yin and yang. It's just, yeah. yeah. I don't think one of us could actually do it without the other. It's, yeah, it's quite funny, really. Yeah. Beautiful. Love that. Um, so a couple of other things, you know, we've, we've spoken about the importance of, you know, those relationships that you've built with your clients and that's been key. You see every client and, and so forth. The other thing that I wanted to sort of touch on was, you know, you, you mentioned earlier around the importance of your time and, and, you know, the outsourcing because time is time. So you want to talk about some of the things on a personal level that you guys also outsource. So um, I've got a nickname and it's called Soft Hands around. Um, <laughs> so, so basically, look, a heap of things, a heap of things at home. So we, we've got a lawnmower man, a house cleaner. Um, we've got lady. an ironing lady. We've got um, even Kate's mum at the moment has been folding our washing. And so she's she's on the payroll to a certain extent. <laughs> um, we... Um, all the like we get out our shopping home delivered we, we pre-order we've got a set we've got a set manual we, we follow for dinner over four weeks and um, we just recycle the meals and we order our online shopping so all that stuff in the background is just happening um we, we get a handyman around to do things it's um, all about i guess taking that stress of thinking and for us we don't want to spend our weekends mowing the lawn um patty works really big hours he likes what he does. He doesn't really enjoy mowing the lawn. And we don't want to spend that time doing that. We'd rather be with the kids. So we try and outsource as much as we can so we can be with our family. When we're with the kids, we're with the kids. And when we're at work, we're working. And sometimes at home we're working. But, <laughs> but we do try and outsource and just try and remove any mental stress from. So, yeah, we'll outsource anything we possibly can. Maybe eat one or two many takeaway meals a week. But... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it's it has freed us up in time and it's also because patty does long hours and part of me joining the business was so patty could do that and i could be more available to the kids coming home and not worrying about the lawn or knowing the groceries are delivered just is the stress that we don't have so yeah, it worked really well for us exactly right i'm i'm you know quite often it surprises me the people that don't do that right so you know if you value your time and we, we do the calculations and work out okay your your hourly rate is 
X if you want to earn, you know, $500,000 a year and you know, divide it by the number of weeks you want to work, you come out with a figure, right? It might be, you know, say, 500, it might be $200 an hour in terms of what your figure is. But, you know, time is time. And if you've got a value on your time, if you can pay someone $35 an hour to do the ironing and your time is worth $200, then, you know, it's a good use of uh, resource to get someone to do that. Yes, you know, you employ... Uh, a number of people within the business. Uh, you said you're, you're up to a team of 14 to do those things. Then why wouldn't you use the same sort of leverage, you know, mentality in your home, right? So there's no one that says, you know, Patty has to spend three hours mowing the lawn. And look, the the other side has been around personal boundaries. At so setting, so. I've been got so I spent years being gluttons of punishment. Someone would ring, oh, you know, we found a house we we want, and I'll just be like, sweet, you know, I'd see him that afternoon. We'll be pumping an application in the next couple of days. Um, but the last six to eight months, I've set some personal boundaries around the amount of actual appointments I'm doing, which is um, look at the moments booked to about ten, so ten new clients, ten new appointments that are booked in, um, and and when I when I'm at ten, I'm booked out. Um, and it doesn't mean we, if someone's super urgent or if a referral partner's referred to something, we still touch base and everything, but we're just having those personal boundaries and saying, you know what, I can't see you this week, but we'll see you next week. Um, has And it hasn't lost us any business doing that. Yeah. It's, you know, our staff are pretty good on the phones. They know if someone has found a house, we will see them. So we're not losing anybody, but anyone that sort of, oh, just thinking about their situation, um, you know, it's not as urgent as we used to think it was. So that is someone that we could see next week. Yeah. Building those boundaries has been great because now we have got so many clients, there is a lot coming in the back door. So it's it's been good to do that. And even being as responsive to emails on the weekend, Patty used to be straight back to everyone, but he's realising too, by doing that, people are expecting that he will respond on Sunday night or, you know, we we're trying to have dinner on one Friday night and late, one of our clients kept ringing me and Patty ended up saying, I'm, I'm just having dinner. Oh, I'll ring you on Monday. I was like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> so <laughs> it's taken some time to build the courage to do those things, but yeah, it's definitely think, helping our balance. I think that's important, right? So love what you said. Two appointments a day. So 10, um, 10 appointments every week. You've still got slots if if there are is the occasional urgent one that, that has the property, uh, and really setting those boundaries. Cause yeah. If you don't set boundaries, your clients are going to learn from your behaviours, right? So if you answer the, the phone on a Saturday or a Sunday, they're going to learn that that's acceptable. If you answer the phone at nine o'clock at night, they're going to learn that that's acceptable and they're going to continue to do that. So it's, you know, no one can set those boundaries but you and no one expects you to answer the phone after 6pm at night or on a Saturday or Sunday, or no reasonable um, person. And there's not much you can do. Let's face it. What can you do on, um, yeah, on, on 6 o'clock on a, on a, on a weeknight or you know, uh, 1 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon? There's not a lot we can do, right? The banks aren't open. We can't process anything. Um, it can wait, right? It can wait till, till Monday. And, um, yeah, I love that, that you've sort of used that because, it's valuing your time. And as you mentioned, the time with the family and the kids is, is something that you're never going to get back, right? Never going to get back. Love that. 
All right, guys, this has been sensational. I mean, you guys are killing it. There's been so many lessons and so many gold nuggets uh, from this conversation. Just, um, you know, something I ask all the guests in terms of if you were looking at, you know, looking at really scaling your business and, um, you know, just one piece of advice that you could give from you guys, and I'll ask both both of you your your tip. What tip would you give someone who is really looking at sort of starting to make that decision to scale their business? I'd say back yourself. You can do it. Just back yourself. It can be hard work, but it's so worth it. Just have faith that you won't fail. Yeah. And yeah, much the same. Back yourself and and hire early, hire full time, hire early, and then then have the just make time to do the training, and then then hire again, and and off you go. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And that's a great advice because a lot of people are nervous at that point of you know investing time and money in terms of that first hire and investing ahead of the the business growing, but uh, you know. Every broker that I speak to, you know, one of the things was, oh, I should have done it earlier. Right? That was advice we did get early on was just, you know, do it early, be one step ahead. And we've tried to do that. So, At times, yeah. Yeah, sometimes. And, <laughs> and, and don't be afraid to hire new to industry people that don't have any experience, especially in the current climate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And yeah. you know, you've said that. And again, it's a testament with these guys that you're bringing on and the fact that you've got the training and it's with other brokers that I've seen, they can be up to speed within six weeks. If you've got the right culture, the right attitude, um, then you can train them with the rest. And you guys are obviously committed to training. So, you know, that's, that's um, a credit to you both. All right. Thanks, Patty. Thanks, Kate. No worries. Thanks, Ross. We'll talk to you soon. So this has been another episode of the Billion Dollar Broker podcast. Uh, if you want to connect with us, there's a number of ways that you can connect. Join the Billion Dollar Facebook group. Request to join on Facebook. We'll love to see you there. Um, two, subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast channel you're on. And if you want to you know, get there faster and you want to uh, reach out, uh, reach out to us, send us a message on you know, either Facebook or one of the socials and uh, we'll book an appointment and see how we can help you. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you soon.